the extent to which supervisors and managers embrace the movement toward an involved, team-based organization is heavily influenced by the strength of their team skills. When supervisors and managers can confidently use team leadership skills to rally people around a problem or process improvement opportunity, they do so much more often. The general manager of a mid-sized computer company I worked with was extremely frustrated because his many attempts to bring his senior management group and their management groups together into a solid team had failed. He recounted all that he had done, wilderness retreats, team building exercises, restructuring the organization around intact process improvement and project teams. We even wrote a manual on the need for teamwork and how to make it happen, he lamented. But teamwork wasn't happening. Further investigation revealed the reason. The general manager and his managers knew the whys and wherefores of team leadership, but they didn't have the skills to put their good intentions into action. And since they didn't see the need to go through the time-consuming process of developing those skills, they didn't. And the teams didn't come together any better over the next year, about the time the general manager was fired. Coaching skills and team leadership skills are inextricably linked. You can't have one without the other. But effective team leadership redefines management roles. You can't manage, command, demand, structure, order, control your way to teamwork. You can only lead a group of people to pull together as a team. Pulling a team together requires a leader who takes a less directing, more facilitative approach. The team leader must move out of the spotlight and empower and assist the group to take over. The words of Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu express the kind of leadership that makes top-performing teams effective. He said, when the best leader's work is done, the people say, we did this ourselves. Team leadership resting with one individual diminishes as the team becomes more autonomous. In that case, the management staff left in the flattening hierarchy evolves into developers, coaches, and supporters to the team. This frees management to be much more strategic and proactive. They can look at broad, organization-wide issues and processes and watch the horizon for gathering storm clouds while searching for dead-end roads and swamps. However, during the very long transition to self-directed work teams or in any other type of team-based organization, strong, highly skilled team leaders are essential to successful service quality improvement. Little will change without them. Now in this next section, I want to give you an overview of team leadership skills and focus in on facilitating successful meetings. Too many managers are blissfully ignorant of the unbelievable waste of time and energy that passes for meetings in their organizations. If managers were allowed to waste their capital assets the way they waste human ones, heads would roll. A survey conducted by the New York recruiting firm Robert Half International found that executives considered nearly a third of meetings a waste of time. When you look at how much time you spend in meetings, that is a lot of wasted time. A number of studies put the amount of time managers spend in meetings as high as 40%. In a team-based organization, managers' meeting time increases 
as well as the time of all team members. Once upon a time, meetings were considered an interruption of our work. In team-based organizations, formal sessions with agendas, impromptu gatherings with agendas generated on the spot, one-on-one get-togethers, coffee conferences, and other types of meetings like that are becoming the job itself. Meetings are as essential to team effectiveness as good data and problem solving are to process improvement. If a third of those meetings are ineffective, the waste of salaries, benefits, and other staff overhead is massive. Call it the cost of poor skills. Far too many meetings of, say, six people are not meetings of six people. Rather, they are meetings of three people with three spectators. Why are they all there? If they all had something to contribute, the leader was responsible for drawing it from them, but failed to do so. If not, why waste their time? To practice effective meeting leadership is to be truly a facilitator. Once most managers master these skills, their view of what constitutes strong team leadership is altered forever. Getting a group of diverse people with conflicting interests and varied backgrounds to pull together is a big part of what team leadership skills are all about. Any manager can get a group of people to consent, especially if they report to him or her. But it takes a skilled leader to get a group to be truly committed. Strong team leaders get teams to agree to work together to put the group's plans into action. If the improvement journey is to succeed, the team leader must get everyone committed to focusing the team on quality. Team members need to know, what does quality mean to me? And how does it affect my job? Everyone must be convinced improvement is worth the effort, especially if this direction is new or your organization has a history of changing directions or making bold but empty declarations. Many team leaders leave their groups hanging at the end of a meeting. Consensus, commitment, and even action are left in a state of suspended animation. Team members wander out unclear what's to happen next. As each goes off to do his or her own thing, subsequent meetings and firefighting actions are needed. Meetings are a microcosm of your culture. The Spanish novelist and dramatist Cervantes wrote, By a small sample, we may judge of the whole piece. Meetings are but a small slice of the supervisor, manager, or executive's mini-culture. Taken together, an organization's meetings paint a picture of the whole culture. Look at your meetings. What do they say about your team skills and culture? Who attends them? How do you split the airtime within the group? How much diversity is encouraged? How is conflict handled? What process do you use for problem solving? Do you draw contributions from the whole group? And maybe the most important question of all, how do you know? Facilitating successful meetings is fundamental to team leadership skills because mastering how to prepare and focus a team, encouraging diversity, handling disruptive behavior and conflict, keeping the session on track and moving, and setting action plans and following up are basic leadership skills widely applicable outside the meeting room. Successful team leaders have strong coaching skills, especially if teams are to become more self-directed and less dependent on the leader for their effectiveness. Also, they know how to clarify roles and responsibilities of everyone on the team.
This is especially important in the team's formative stages. Otherwise, time and energy are lost, while the odds that the team will not be successful sharply increase. To wrap up team leadership skills, let me point out three common pitfalls and traps. Number one, don't assume that bringing groups of people together creates teams. Far too many groups are loose collections of individuals, not teams. Extensive and continuous team skill development is needed. Form follows function. Teach people how to make teams work, and your organization's shift to a team-based operation will be much quicker and smoother. Two, the truest test of teamwork, involvement, and empowerment is when the crunch is on. If you and your management team revert to command and control management, your credibility may be shot. That doesn't mean you have to give up your responsibility to make the tough decisions that may go against popular opinion. People want you to show that leadership strength when it's called for. But how you go about it makes all the difference in the world. As much as possible, gather broad input and give people a chance to have their say. Once you've made your decision, reiterate the reasons for it and solicit the support of others. And number three, get your own house in order first. It's amazing how many managers run around spouting off about the need for teamwork when their own management team doesn't pull together. Don't be hypocritical. Your people aren't blind. Well, that about wraps up then the leadership roles and skills you need to build a customer-focused organization. Let me leave you with a closing thought on the improvement journey. A man took his son for entrance to Hiram College. Can you arrange a shorter course for him to get through quicker? Asked the father. The college president, James Garfield, replied, Oh, yes. He can take a short course. It all depends on what you want to make of him. When God wants to make an oak, he takes a hundred years. But he takes only two months to make a squash. There really are no shortcuts on the service quality journey. Some routes may be more direct and less difficult than others, but there's no avoiding the fact that the pathway to high service quality is a long, unending trip. That's why so many organizations start with great expectations and grand plans, only to drift off the track and peter out. Identifying your destination is easy. Getting there is hard. This is Jim Clemmer, wishing you bon voyage. <laughs>